0: Hey, Praise Chapel Paramount. Welcome to our podcast. Hey, this message is continuing our series, Face Without Walls, with Pastor Omar. This one's on temptation. Uh, This one is a challenging one because it talks about the temptations in our life. We have different vices that go up against us, but we are not those temptations. We are not, uh, that's not sin, but it's what we do in the midst of that. And so the Lord has made a way for us to escape it. And so we have to cling to him. So man, pay attention to this one. Listen to it um, and uh, have the Lord change you. Praise the Lord. Well, we appreciate your giving today, and what a blessing to see everyone. We're glad uh, that you came today. How many are glad you're in the house of God today? Come on. All right, I'm going to do this. Turn to someone and say, you're in the right place at the right time right now. And I believe that today. We're glad you joined us, and those that have joined us online uh, people that are watching on YouTube and those on Face on Facebook, we welcome you. We're glad you're here, and uh, those that are here in person, we appreciate you uh, making the effort to come and going through all the process to be here. But I believe the Lord will bless you and minister to you today. And so, are you are you ready today? Yeah. And so, we're we're going to continue our series on faith without walls, and we've been talking about how faith breaks through the walls, right? And we've been talking about trials, we talked about battles. Uh, uh, the last time uh, I, I ministered, I know that uh, Digger Hernandez, our evangelist, ministered last week, and before that I just talked about the, the various uh, trials and battles that we go through. And this morning I thought I would look at something that one of the oldest problems that we have, and the oldest problem that goes all the way back into the garden, and we deal with it all the time, it's called temptation. Say temptation, Temptation. and I'm not talking about the group temptation. I'm talking about real temptation, and uh, I'm going to talk about that today because it goes all the way back, and eventually, you're going to face temptation, and sometimes when we face it, we often say, man, it's difficult to say no to temptation. Let's be real. Uh, I read a quote. that says, I can withstand anything except temptation. Another man said, The only way to get rid of temptation is to give into it. So, a lot of people think the way to get rid of it is just give into it. But I'm here today to kind of break it down a little bit. And really, the book of James talks about temptation, the faith to be able to overcome or to endure temptation. And I'm going to deal with that today. I think you may think you know everything there is about temptation and what it's about. But I'm here to tell you that real, really there's, there's, a, uh, there's something that we need to learn when it comes to temptation. And in James chapter 1, we're going to be reading out of that chapter. We've been dealing out of the book of James. And we're going to be talking about the testing of our faith. The book of James talks about the testing of our faith. That first chapter talks about how we deal with faith. And he talks about the different kinds of tests that we deal with. And I talked about again trials a couple weeks ago, and now I'm going to talk about another type of testing, and that is temptation. Believe it or not, the Greek word for for uh, trials and temptation is the same word, but it's not used in the same context. What I mean is, when we talk about trials, the testing of our trials, we're talking about God uses trials to develop you. God uses trials to uh, help you grow. You don't go through it, you grow through it, right? You're moving forward. The enemy uses temptation and it's designed in order to cause you to go backwards, cause you to sin, cause you to violate and disobey the word of God. So I want to read out of James chapter 1, verse 12. I'm not sure. I feel like there's a little bit of an echo, so if you guys can help me with that. Uh, I don't know why I feel that, but uh, maybe a little bit on the monitors too, so... Uh, Help me out with that, guys. James chapter 1, verse 12. Um, And this is what the verse says here out of James chapter 1, verse 12. Blessed is the man who endures temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to them that love him. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for the word of God We thank you that your word is true, that your word is straightforward, God, that we need to hear it the way we read it, and Lord, we need to receive it. The way we perceive it is the way we're going to receive it. So Lord, today, help us to perceive the word of God with gladness. Help us to perceive the word of God, Lord, with an open heart. Remove any distraction or any obstacles there may be there, God, any attitudes, remove that. And Lord, let the word of God go forth in power with anointing. Lord, let it be relevant where people can understand it today. I pray that the people would hear the voice behind the voice, which is you, Holy Spirit, speaking into the lives and hearts of people. And I thank you, Lord, today in the wonderful name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen. amen. So uh, the Bible said there is the prize for those that are able to endure temptation. And the scripture said, blessed is the man or happiness comes to the man or contentment comes to the man that is able to endure temptation. In other words, this morning, your life is under control. You are not bound to the habits of temptation and bound by these temptations that are devastating you and hindering your walk with God because when you're able to endure temptation, you are blessed. Believe it or not, when you're able to endure it, you're a lot more happier. People that give into it seem to be more and more miserable. And it says you will receive a crown of life. Now, many people think, well, when I get to heaven, I'll receive that crown of life. And it is true. But also, you will you will experience the abundant life right here. That crown of life is life itself. You'll be able to experience God's purpose and God's fulfillment in this lifetime. I'm going to read James chapter 1 verse 12 in the ERV version. Excuse me. And that is the easy to read version for all of us. Okay. It says great blessings belong to those who are tempted and remain faithful. See that word faithful right there. After they have proved their faith. There is that faith without wall. God will give them the reward of eternal life, God promises to all these people who love him. So let me give you a simple definition today of what temptation means. And I think this was a, a really good relevant uh, definition that all of us can relate to. Temptation is anything that promises satisfaction at the cost of your obedience to God. Temptation is is the very thing, basically temptation, is anything that promises satisfaction at the cost of obedience to God. Temptation is anything that promises something that, that is uh, outside of God's will. Temptation will say, if it feels good, do it. Man, it, do this, and it'll make your life more meaningful. But it'll cost your obedience to God. They actually say in the sign. The scientific world, they say this, that when a person gives in to whatever temptation comes his way, oftentimes your brain, this is the scientific uh, uh, school where they said, oftentimes your brain releases a chemical called dopamine. You probably heard that. And it gives you like a hit. It gives you like a buzz. Okay, I'm not talking about that kind of buzz. It gives you a kind of a thrill. And, and you want it. And that's what temptation is. When you want it, you got to have it. You, you're willing to purchase it. It brings some kind of uh, satisfaction, a dopamine. Uh, you ever been with a shopaholic? They got to shop, they got to buy, they got to purchase something. It gives them that buzz and that thrill because that temptation, that I got to have it, I got to want it, even though they don't need it, they, they get a reward. And the reward, is this dopamine, or this hit, or this buzz, uh, but how many know that any kind of thing like that doesn't really satisfy you completely, it's a temporary satisfaction, and many times what happens is when you give into that temptation, you say, why did I, why did I do that, man, it's not as satisfying as I thought, and then later on you regret it, and then later on you say, man, now, why did I end up giving into it, especially when it costs your obedience to God? And the question today is, how do we handle this temptation? Where is our faith when we are dealing with temptation? Now, how do you say no when temptation comes knocking at your door? So number one, write this down. Temptation is real. It's not phony. It is real. It's realistic. Be, re- be realistic about temptation. It's going to happen. I talked about a couple of weeks ago, trials will happen, temptations will happen. You will be tempted. The Bible says when you are tempted, not if you are tempted, it's when you are tempted. Have you ever met the kind of person that says, and I've met them that say, well, I haven't been tempted in 42 years. That's when you cross a crocodile and an abalone, and you get a crock of baloney. Amen. That's what happens, because that is not true. That is not true. I don't care how long you've been saved. I don't care how spiritual you are. We've all been tempted. We all deal with With temptation, you never get too spiritual for temptation. Everybody's been tempted, uh, and believe it or not, uh, when you get tempted, uh, it's going to help you uh, grow stronger and get closer to God. Did you know that? Temptation is really a greater opportunity to get closer to Jesus. And there's a misconception that people say, well, once I get saved, and once I give my life to Jesus, I'm never going to be tempted again. And it's not true. In fact, you're going to be more tempted. In fact, the devil's going to throw more things at you to get you to fall. In fact, people that didn't talk to you and the old connections are going to show up. The old friends are going to go show up. Even girls are going to go after you. They, they never even looked at you before. They're going to be coming at you. All of a sudden, you say, my goodness, what happened? You didn't get better looking. Uh, you didn't get more attractive. Uh, the devil brought them around. Because they get you to be tempted. I'll talk about that in just a moment. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. Look at what it says. No temptation has seized you except what is common to man. Another version says no temptation has seized you that isn't common for everybody. That means we're all in the same boat. No matter who you are, we're all in the same boat when it comes to temptation Every one of us have been tempted. Uh, so don't be surprised. Don't be shocked. Don't try to hide it. Uh, some of you right now are caught in a compromising situation right now. You're being tempted right now. There's some things right now. And I want to help you to get through it. But I also want to encourage you to say this. Uh, you, we're, you, you, isn't, isn't it liberating to know that you're not the only one? That should help you. Because a lot of times we can be in church thinking I'm the only one that's being tempted and you don't realize there are other people in this room that are dealing with the same thing you are, the same struggles that you have, but God is going to give you the keys to overcome it. He's going to give you the faith to overcome that temptation. See, let me just say this about temptation. Being tempted is not a sin. Being tempted is not a sin. Giving in to the temptation it becomes a sin. Jesus was tempted in all the areas that we are. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15, I don't think they have the verse up there, it says Jesus was tempted in all points that we are. So he was tempted, but he did not sin. He didn't give in to the temptation. So whenever you're going through a struggle, whenever you're going through a problem, whenever you're dealing with an issue or a temptation in your life, Often we say, well, God doesn't know what I'm going through. Uh, Jesus doesn't know what I feel. Can I just tell you, Jesus feels everything that you felt. He's been tempted in every area that you have. Yet the Bible says he didn't give in. He was without sin. Jesus was perfect in every way. That's why when we deal with things, we can go to him because he can help us. He knows what we're feeling. He knows what we're going through. He's the one that empowers us today. I'm preaching better than you're clapping today. But again, you have to understand, we all have a spiritual enemy. And many times when we're tempted, we think, man, because I'm tempted, I can't be a Christian. Man, I'm, that must be, mean that I'm not saved. That's false guilt. To think, while well, I'm tempted. I don't know how those thoughts came to me. While well, you're a human being, just like everybody else. I can't believe that I thought this evil thing. Well, the devil put it in your mind. He implanted some things in your mind. And, and all of a sudden you say, man, I can't believe that I'm thinking this way. And, and so what happens is many Christians are intimidated when it comes to temptation because we say, I can't believe that I've thought this way. I can't believe that these things are coming in my mind. It just shows that you're a human being like everyone else. But you don't have to give in to the temptation. Am I helping you a little bit? Yeah. So here's the second thing you need to do. You need to be responsible. Stop playing the blame game. There's a lot of people in our society today, and I'll get into it, are playing the blame game. They want to blame everybody else for their problems and for their issues and for their temptation. Accept responsibility. responsibility. Turn to someone and say, be responsible. Be responsible. See, we put, we put a spin on responsibility like politicians do. I accept all responsibility, but not the blame. <laughs> See, if you're going to accept all responsibility, the blame comes with it. But we want to say, I accept responsibility, but I, I'm not the blame. Well, then you're not really taking responsibility. It goes all the way back to Adam and Eve. Remember when they ate the forbidden fruit, uh, uh, the Bible said that God came on the scene uh, and and God asked them, Adam, did you eat the forbidden fruit? And Adam took it like a man. He said, it's the wife you gave me. That's what he said. (laughs) Yeah, he blamed the blame game, right? Oftentimes we're looking for someone to blame when it's our responsibility. And, and, And many times we'll even blame God. The Bible says there in James 1, 13, the very next verse, when tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. God does not tempt anyone. So we cannot blame God or try to blame others because we're in a society that is not taking responsibility. In fact, they're irresponsible they blame other people. They're blaming society. They're blaming the environment. They're blaming the government. They're blaming the president. They're blaming their heritage. They're blaming their parents. Uh, they're blaming their race. They're blaming uh, their spouse. Uh, they're blaming their children. They're blaming their babies. They're blaming uh, just everyone. They're blaming everyone. Blaming the devil. The devil made me do it. The devil can't make you do anything. And then ultimately, people are blaming God. Well, I can't believe it. it. must be God, you know. Uh, God, God, you know, uh, God must have just wanted this to happen. No, it was your dumb decision that caused it to happen. Stop blaming God. Well, if it wasn't God's will, this wouldn't have happened. No, if you wouldn't have made the dumb decision, it wouldn't have happened. You know, I've had people coming down to me. Well, God told me to leave my wife and marry the other lady across the, the room here. Well, that's not God. Yeah, you're you're completely contradicting the word of God. God doesn't contradict his own word. God doesn't say, don't do this, and all of a sudden you could do it because you say, God told you, you're wrong. You're giving in to every whim and temptation. It's a sign of immaturity when we start blaming people for our lack of responsibility. The fact is, most of the problems that are in our life, you put them in your life. They're your own doing. Take responsibility. It's your attitude. It's your actions. I'm preaching today. Number three, if we're going to have faith without walls, we have to be ready. Turn to someone and say, be ready. Be prepared. When temptation comes knocking at your door, you need to be ready. Even Jesus said this. He said, watch and pray that you not enter into temptation. Paul the apostle said, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the wiles of the devil. Peter said, be on guard. So the Bible's telling us we need to be ready. We need to be prepared. We need to be on guard. Uh, James 1.14, each one is tempted when? By his own evil desires. He is dragged and enticed, he dragged away and enticed. And so the Bible's saying that all of us this morning, when we're tempted, it's uh, our own evil desire that is dragging us. And then he says in James 1:16, he said, Don't be deceived, my dear brothers. We need to be ready when it comes to temptation. We need to be prepared. Temptation doesn't give you a warning, it comes subtly. Many times it comes by surprise and you've got to be on guard because if you're vulnerable, it's going to get you. And believe it or not, a lot of us think that vulnerability uh, is only when we're down. Many times uh, you're most vulnerable after success. After you're riding high, You better, you better look behind you. After things, you better, you better make sure because even King David, after he defeated Goliath and after God raised him up to be king, the Bible said that he, he was king and now he's walking on the roof of his, uh, of his kingdom there or on the roof of where he's at and he looks down and he sees a woman by the name of Bathsheba. And the scripture says that he wanted that woman, but she was a married woman. And if you know the story, he fell into adultery in the midst of his success. So many times, when you're most successful, is when you're most vulnerable. The Bible said, "Let him who thinks he stands take heed, lest he fall." Better watch out! You think you're so spiritual and powerful? You think you're you you got you're all that? You better watch out. Be ready. Temptation will drag you and ensnare you. There's a guy by the name of Bobby Leach. This was in the early 1900s. He was the stuntman. man. He's the sec, second, man, second man to go overnight. I, Agra falls in a barrel. I don't know why you would do that, but he did it. And he survived. He survived various different stunts that uh, he was on and, and, and just all these different things. that He was close to death, but he survived. And toward the end of his life, he ends up dying by slipping on an orange field. Believe it or not, he slipped on an orange peel, broke his leg, and he caught an infection and died of gangrene. It's the little things in life many times that will kill you. It's not the major things. It's the little things many times that will catch up to you today. And so James is saying, be ready. Don't be deceived. Now, how do you prepare for temptation? What do you do? How do you do that? You got to get an understanding of how the devil operates. I find many Christians... Are really uh, uh, unknowledgeable, unwise when it comes, or lack understanding when it comes How how the enemy works. You gotta recognize the devil, man. A devil exposes, the devil defeated. You gotta realize it's the enemy, it, it's a spiritual warfare. If you're looking at everything on the surface and you're not seeing what's behind that, you're not looking behind what's going on, then he's gonna catch you every time. You gotta get an understanding of how the enemy operates and how he throws lies. 2 Corinthians 2.11, in order that Satan may not outwit you or outsmart you, we are not unaware of, what, of his schemes. So in order to uh, keep, from, uh, keep the enemy from taking advantage of you and taking uh, uh, overcoming you, don't be unaware of his schemes, of his strategy. God wants you to realize how the devil operates. If you want to learn anything about the devil, and you say, how do we learn from the devil? He's consistent. He's always at it again, over and over again. He's consistent in what he does. He uses the same old bag of tricks that he's been using the last 2,000 years. Temptation is a process. It's never a one-time thing. He's strategically looking to set you up, and you need to be aware. And so there's a couple of things I want to teach you how and show you out of god's word uh, how the devil operates many times to tempt you if you'll get an understanding he won't be able to take advantage if you begin to recognize it okay so number one what he does is many times what the devil does is he 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 uses that desire in us the bible says in james 114 each one is tempted by his own evil desire now let me just talk about desire desire in itself uh, is, is not wrong. When he talks about evil desires, he's talking about desires out of control. But desires itself are not wrong. Uh, so what, what happens is when our desires move from uh, being stewarded to out of control, uh, it, it, there's, it's great to have a desire to eat, but when it's out of control... It it, it becomes wrong. A desire to drink, uh, uh, a desire to sleep, a desire, uh, even sexual desire, it has to be in the confines of marriage. Are you with me? All of these things. But when these gifts of God, these desires that God gives us uh, become out of control, they become destructive. And so he uses these desires uh, and gets us out of our, 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 our limits or out of our Range where we're supposed to be and these legitimate desires become out of control and they become a problem. Temptation is like a steel magnet, okay? Like a steel magnet. There's an inward and an outward. And so you have this inward drive in you and it starts from the inside and it begins to be drawn to the wrong thing. Are you hearing me? And what happens, the second thing is the devil uses deception. Deception. So he uses the desire, and then he uses deception. Remember that song? Deception, disgrace. Right? He asked for trouble the moment he came. Anyway, uh, James 1.14. But each person, I'm sorry, I just had to do it. Be, I, I don't know, I've seen an advertisement. But each person, it says James 1.14, is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desires, they're out of control, and enticed, okay? So here is the deception. They're dragged away and enticed. So that word enticed, listen to this. If you're a fisherman, it's actually a fisherman's term. It's leered bait when it talks about temptation. When it talks about being enticed, it's leered bait or a snare trap. So the secret, if you're a fisherman, again, I'm not a fisherman, but the secret of great fishing is having the right bait. Having the right bait for the right kind of fish. So how many fish will you catch if you have no bait on the hook? Nothing. But if you put the right bait and you put the right bait on the right hook or the right type of hook, it's going to get you every time and so the devil uses the right bait he knows your hot button listen to me this is important probably the most important part of this sermon he knows your weaknesses and what he does is he puts the right bait he hides the bait or he hides the hook with bait around it to make it appealing to your weakness so you're always falling for the same. Some uh, it gets even so bad. Sometimes you already see the hook. You can see it, but you're still going for the bait. You know what's going to happen. You know what's going to happen once you go for it, and you still do it anyway. And and when you try to warn people and try to give instruction to people, as I do as a pastor, they say, "Well, I'm an adult. I know what I'm doing. I'm in control. I'm okay." And they're going for the bait. They get hooked every time. They get bound every time. You're trying to help them. You're trying to show them that it's that desire, that deception that's going to destroy their life. But you say, no, I'm an adult. I'm not going to get hurt. I know how far. I I know how to control it. You will never control it, friend. It will control you. And what happens when you go, that desire is out of control, that deception. What happens, it leads to disobedience. Next thing you know, man, you're living in complete disobedience. It says in James 1, then after desire has conceived, it gives what? Birth to sin. See, what happens, it begins in your mind first, and then it turns into action. You imagine it, and then it gives birth to action. It moves from your thought life to action. First, the devil gets your attention. Then he gets you to have an attitude Then he gets you to commit an action. Get your attention, get an attitude about it. I'm going to do whatever I want to do. Go ahead. And then next thing you know, you're into action, and now you have complete disobedience to God. People say, well, you know, it's harmless. I'm okay. But friend, I'll tell you, I'm just looking with my eyes. I'm just thinking it in my mind. What starts in your mind will eventually be the fruit of your life. What you flirt with. What you flirt with will cause you to fall. What you flirt with will cause you to fall for it every time. That's the whole purpose of television advertisement. It starts in your mind. You weren't even thinking of buying that product. You weren't even thinking that you needed that. But they put it in your mind, you need this. This is what you need. Oh, honey, we got to buy it. The guy said, if we use it, we can do all this. And so it gets in your mind, desire, deception, and then disobedience. And then what happens, it leads to death. Say death. We're going to talk about death today. Welcome to Praise Chapel. Here it says sin, James 1.15, sin will grow when it's full grown, what? gives birth to death. So the tragic consequences of giving into sin is death when you lose the battle with temptation it's going to cause devastation in your life the wages of sin is death not just death as far as dying physically but spiritually there's a spiritual separation from God the things of God because we have given in to temptation now many of us to say well God's giving me free will yes he has you can choose to do whatever you want to do. You have the freedom of choice. I'm free to choose whatever I want to do. You're correct. But you're not free to choose the consequences of your choices. You're not free to do that. See, you're free to do whatever you want. You can do whatever you want to do, but you're not free from the consequences. Because the consequences, you won't be able to choose. Sometimes the consequences choose you. And next thing you know, if somebody else is making choices... For your consequences because you, you said I had all this freedom. Yeah, but you're not free from the consequences. Right. So in order to break these bad habits, in order to be realistic, stop making excuses. Hallelujah. Amen. Start taking some responsibility. And I love the way James leads to this because what's going to help you overcome this temptation, what's going to help you to have faith over all of these elements in your life is you got to get back and focus on God. And in verse 17, he says, uh, he just shifts everything. Yeah, and he almost he shifts to the goodness of God. And in verse 17 of James 1:17, he says, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly light, who does not change like shifting wind. So James suddenly causes us to refocus, and he's saying, you need to look back to the goodness of God. You need to look back to what God has done in your life. And see, what, what's going to help us this morning get through it all is, is we got to allow God to change us internally. Talk, how many have ever heard the term born again? Yeah, you're a new person. you got to get reborn, man. The single most important thing of breaking a habit in your life is you're giving it back to God. Let God control your life again. Let Him be back in charge. See... When you're born again or you're reborn, you get the capacity again and the faith to overcome your temptation. In other words, you're not operating out of willpower. You're operating out of Holy Ghost power. You're operating out of the power of God because you've allowed, you've surrendered areas in your life. And you say, God, you know what? I'm not able to do it on my own. See, you'll never, you'll never be able to handle temptation on your own. You need the power of God working through your life. You need the power of God giving you the wisdom and and the discernment over things in your life. The grace of God empowers you. See, what is your vulnerable thing? What's the most vulnerable thing in your life right now? What is your weakness? What's your weak spot? Can, Can I just be honest with you? All of us should already know what our weak spot is. Can I tell you, the devil knows what your weak spot is. God even knows what your weak spot is. You have to figure out what your weak spot is and get what. guess what? Avoid it. Get away from it. Don't play with it. Don't pet temptation, okay? Don't just put it away somewhere. Get away from it. It's unwise to put yourself... In a situation or in a circumstance that you know you're going to be tempted and it's your weakest spot, get away from there. If we, if drinking is the weakness, stay away from the liquor store. Stay away from the bars. Stay away from those people that cause you to drink. It's very simple. If drugs is an issue, don't. Lose the connections number. Get away from people that do drugs. It's pretty. It's pretty obvious. If something is tempting you, get away from there. Pornography. You know what? Get another computer. Get shut down all the pornography sites. Be accountable. Are you with me? All of these things. If you know there are certain things in your life, you got to get away from those things. You got to make a decision. No, hey, I got to get. I got to avoid those. Those are weak areas in my life. I'm not going to put myself in those situations. Are you hearing me? I don't put myself in certain situations. I just avoid those situations because I know how the devil can easily deceive us. Uh, If you have a drinking problem, a uh, drug problem, any of those things today, get away from those situations. Look at what the scripture said. Most of us have read the scripture, but I'll read it to you. 1 Corinthians 13. It said, God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted. Okay? Tempted. Beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, what? He will provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. A way out. That's what it says. God promises that whenever you're under any kind of temptation, he will give you the strength to be able to stand and get out of the way. Can you say amen? Amen. Get out of the way. he will make a way of escape. There's always an exit. Oh, well, I just couldn't get out. This you could. There's an exit. You could have got out. You could have got out of the situation. You didn't have to answer the phone call. You didn't even have to go there. And you could have left at any moment that you wanted to. Well, you know, uh, the devil made me do it. No, he don't make you do anything. Satan is just baiting the trap. You got to decide, hey, I'm not going to go there. I like this quote. It says, we cannot keep the birds from flying over us but we can keep them from making a nest in our hair. See, you cannot live in a, a, in a temptation-free world, but you can, you can walk away from when you're being tempted. There's always an exit plan. You say, well, the temptation was too strong. No, there was a way out. You could have got out of there. You could have left. You could have said goodbye. You could have walked away. You could have ran. You know, the Bible says run from youthful lust. You got to run. Run from that woman. Get away from her. Amen. (laughs) Move. Move from that man. Move from this area. Get get away. Get in the car. Drive away. Do whatever you can can to get away from that thing. Because the enemy will show up, man. And he's very subtle. And God is saying he's giving you the power. He's giving you the faith. He's giving you the exit plan to get out. Now here, I kind of want to close with this. I can have the worship team kind of come up couple of things that are going to help you as a believer in your faith and in your walk with God to overcome this temptation. If you want to come to the second service, I'll get a little bit more detailed in the message, but I've run out of time this morning, but I'll give you a condensed version of it. Uh, Number one that's going to help you is get together with other believers that have gone through the same thing that you've gone through. Get around, let them pray for you. If you're having problems with drugs, if you have problems with drinking, you have problems talk to someone, there's a lot of people that have gone through what you're going through and they can help you and they can share, amen, some of the things that help them to give you some strength. You get strength being around other believers. Coming to church, are you hearing me? Man, being honest with someone. Say, man, I need some strength. Pray for me. Second thing, get in the Word of God. How many of the Word of God will set you free? Bible says, if you continue my word, you shall know the truth, what? And the truth will make you free. So there's something about the word of God. It breaks things in our lives. It destroys things in our lives. If the word of God, the Bible says, is like a hammer, man. It just starts breaking up stuff. And I love the payoff here, and I'm going to just focus on this last verse. In James chapter 1, it says, Blessed is the man who endures temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive The crown of life which the Lord has promised to them that love him. There is a promise of God for you. You can overcome. You have the faith. You have the ability today. God is giving you the promise. All you have to do is seek him. All you have to do is surrender to him. I'm not saying you'll never be tempted. We'll be tempted as long as we're on this earth. But we don't have to give in to every temptation today. So I want to pray. Why don't we all just bow our heads for just a moment. Holy Spirit. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for the mercy of God. We thank you, God, that you love us despite our failures, despite our weakness, despite, Lord, our shortcomings and our failures. God, you're here for us. And so, Father, I pray that you would empower the people of God right now. If you're listening online, I pray today that God will minister to you. I pray that God will speak to you and help you whatever temptation you're dealing with today. If you're in this room right now and you've never given your life to Jesus, I don't want to close this service or move on to the next thing in this service without giving you an opportunity to receive the Lord in your life today. You'll never overcome temptation. You'll never have the ability without Christ in your life. You'll never be free from sin. You'll never be free from habits. You'll never be able to experience the freedom that God can give you unless you surrender your life to Him. So if you're in this room right now. Hey, thanks for listening to this week's message from Praise Chapel Paramount. If you want to stay connected, follow us online with Facebook and Instagram at PC Paramount, or visit our website at PraiseChapelParamount.com.